0: Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Bereziki. Welcome to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel, and right here with me is Mike, and we're sitting on our two uh, microphones. Uh, I'm in my house, and... Mike is in it. His, in his, he's in his house, and you know, we talked about technology last time, Mike, and just <laughs> you know how you can be there, I can be here, and then we record, and this goes all around the world. Um, it's just amazing how God in in these days, in these times, and whether someone believes these are truly the last days or not, it's just amazing how how God has made it possible for His message, His grace. You know the the life of His Son Jesus Christ, that He gave to the world, how God has made it possible for this message to get to where it needs to get to, to where He wants it to get to. Uh, but Mike, it's good to be here again with you this time on growing in grace.
1: I can remember as a child, Joel, hearing the stories from my parents and grandparents, especially the grandparents, about the things that they didn't have or how outdated things were in their day compared to, you know, where we were at at that time. So now it's my turn to say, when I was a kid, <laughs> we didn't have this technology. <laughs> we didn't have it. And, you know, what we did, <clears throat> we would have these walkie-talkies that supposedly went a quarter of a mile, but if we got a block and a half, we were doing pretty good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and we would get on, and we just thought it was so cool to be able to talk on these walkie-talkies. I mean, we were just down the street from each other, you know, could probably (laughs) even see each other, or we just had gone around the corner or something because it was so much more cooler when you couldn't see each other. And we would have so much fun with those things. I can remember one night, it was dark out, my friend was in his house, and I was walking out on the street. He couldn't come outside for some reason. And as we were talking, of course, you could hear the CB guys on there talking over us. And they could never hear us, but we could always hear them. They they would always cut us off. And it was hard to hear each other sometimes because of that. And all of a sudden, uh, we decided to try talking to one of them and to our surprise, the guy answered us back, <laughs> and I had these chills go down my spine because <laughs> I was all alone out in the dark. And uh, uh, just a childhood story there, no spiritual significance whatsoever. There probably is, but I, I haven't put my three point sermon together on that it. That's so too I can't deep come for up me it. anyway. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, it's good. I mean, it's all good because, uh, you know, God has given us life and and we enjoy life. and, And we look back, I think even just remembering things like that. Uh, it, it's just so good. I was I was sitting there the other day, and I'll try not to go too deep into this either. But I was watching some. I was logged onto YouTube, and I was searching for some artists that I used to like when I was a boy. And I was looking at these videos. There was this artist named Shaken Stevens. He was a he was in Britain. He he was like an Elvis Wannabe, and he had he had redone the tune Green Door and. And all these, you know, he he had redone a bunch of 50s tunes. And I just loved him when I was a kid. And I just sat there with this huge, it was cheesy. I mean, this was cheesy, cheesy stuff. This guy, this British guy trying to act like Elvis. <laughs> and and But he was a big hit. He was a smash hit in England when I lived there as a boy. And I just had this big grin on my face. I was loving it. And I, you know, I just said, thank you, Jesus, for this. because You know, it's... It's not like the same as him giving his life for me, but it's part of the life that he's given me, just to enjoy something like this. So I got a kick out of that. <laughs> well, getting into more spiritual stuff, I mean, we've been talking, we've been looking in Colossians the last couple of weeks, uh, in Colossians 2. Uh, man, something we highlighted last week, Mike, uh, Colossians 2.13, we were dead in our trespasses we were dead you know we were we were born in Adam and, and, and that life in Adam was really being spiritually dead we were dead to god alive in adam dead to god christ turned that around for us we died to our life in adam and as colossians 2:13 says he has made us alive together with god having forgiven us all trespasses and we we highlighted that that all our trespasses all our sins have been forgiven They've been wiped out. God wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. That's the law. It was contrary to, contrary to us. Took it away. He nailed it to the cross. You know what? We are standing here with life, real life that God intended for us to have. And what we need to do day by day is not strive to try to please God, not strive to make God happy or keep him happy with us, but simply Uh, Mike, live out of the life that he's freely given us.
1: Well, yes, and we mentioned last week that, of course, uh, the sins that... Well, you've probably heard this phrase before. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. Well, that's the epitome of verse 13 in Colossians 2. You were dead in your trespasses. He made you alive together with him. Having forgiven you all trespasses we mentioned last week, past, present, and future, if that didn't include uh, future sins as well, then uh, then the sacrifice wasn't complete. the work wasn't finished, or Jesus would have to keep coming back or we'd have to go resorting back to sacrificing uh, bulls and goats and the blood of animals again. but thanks be to God, we don't have to do that because it is a completed work. All trespasses have been forgiven. And I know there are different phrases in verse 14, Joel. I think you mentioned handwriting of requirements. Jesus wiped them out. Um, Of course, referring to the law. Uh, A certificate of debt is another phrase I have in my Bible. They were against us. They were contrary to us. Uh, He took them out of the way. He nailed them to the cross. This is just incredible stuff that for many years, Joel, I, I just never really had anybody explain to me before and it would have set me free earlier in life than what, than what I experienced if I had just had somebody explaining to me that, um, that this was really the, the way that the gospel played out.
0: Yeah, And you know, Mike, uh, that certificate of debt term, I was just reading just the other day in Bill Gillum's book, uh, what God Wishes Christians Knew About Christianity, he talked about that term, certificate of debt. If you have a certificate of debt, that means you owe something for some reason, and that debt is canceled, that that debt, like say, you, say you've had to go to prison uh, because you have failed to pay your debt, or for whatever reason, that that certificate gets nailed to your prison door or to your jail cell and it stays there with you but when it's canceled when that debt is canceled it gets marked on there in some sort of marking that it has been canceled that it is done it is finished you can no longer you you are no longer obligated to that debt and as long as you've got that certificate with you that says canceled on there there is nothing that anybody can do to bring that charge against you again there's nothing that anybody can do to hold you responsible for that debt anymore that's what jesus did for us the certificate of debt that we had that we owed god so to speak because of our sin that was against us but god has taken that has wiped it out has stamped canceled uh, or or paid in full he's he's put it is finished uh, you know, that's what Christ, uh, that's, I think that's something that Bill talked about in this book, that uh, it is finished. When Jesus said that, it meant paid in full. And that's what Christ has done for us. And so we're carrying this, you know, this certificate that has the debt paid completely in full. It's no longer against us. It's, it's been taken out of the way. It's been nailed to the cross. We're no longer indebted to God because Christ paid the full price.
1: Well, what better news can you get than that? I mean, there's really nothing uh, left to say unless we look on to a couple of more verses here, Joel, in Colossians chapter 2. Um, having, having said all that, Paul goes on to say, So, <laughs> so because of all this, uh, let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you. There's that word cheat again. We, we covered that earlier in the chapter. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and the worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God.
0: <laughs> Let no one judge you. Uh, Ken, I'd like to share something here. This, uh, this blog that I just recently came across, um, the guy's name is Alan Knox. Uh, never heard of the guy before. I've communicated with him a few times now, but until I found this blog, well, he's got a post called God Loves You. And uh, it it really goes along with let no one judge you in in all these things. He says, To those who did not want to paste a fake smile on your face and act act like everything is fine, God loves you. To those who did not sign up to help in the the new ministry program, even though you felt pressured and made to feel less spiritual, God loves you. To those who did not feel like sitting through another mini-concert and lecture that did not apply to you, God loves you. To those who struggle... With sins that are not the kinds of sins other believers accept, God loves you. To those who have been called uncommitted because they do not attend every Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, and special event, God loves you. To those who have struggled with their relationship with God and have been instructed that the answer is to get more involved with programs, God loves you. To those whose children do not memorize all their Bible verses or cannot find every book of the Bible within 2.7 seconds, God loves you. To those who do not work in the nursery, even after being guilted and given dirty looks, God loves you. To those who do not choose to bow your head and close your eyes, <laughs> God loves you. And he goes on, there's, there's quite a few of them here. And he's not against uh, this, this guy. It sounds like he might be a little cynical, but really, his, his, his whole heart, from what I can tell, is uh, to help people understand that it's not about performance. It's not about making sure that you're involved in all these church activities, But the focus is on the person of Jesus Christ. And I love that, you know, God loves you. God loves you. And and whatever God has put on your heart to do, he's going to give you the power and the strength to do that. But don't let anybody judge you. You know, in Paul's day, it was in food or drink regarding a festival or new moon or Sabbath. You know, those are a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of Christ. So let your life be walking in Christ, in the freedom that Christ has given you, and the desires that he's put into your heart, walk in those desires, not what everyone else thinks you should be doing or not doing.
1: Well, you know, Joel, uh, we attend a church that at least has an element of freedom in certain areas, and one of the things that is sometimes taught in our church is uh, you can pray with your eyes open. It's kind of backwards, in fact. Uh, pray with your eyes open, especially when you're praying for each other, and there's reasons that they, they have for that. But a lot of times when it comes to praise and worship, uh, the eyes are closed <laughs> uh, for some people. And I, I find that interesting because uh, recently my teenage daughter was uh, in a class at a Christian school, and I think for whatever reason the teacher decided to look up during prayer time. I can't remember Why? But she noticed a couple of the kids had their eyes open, and after prayer got over with, she made a comment that she thought it was very disrespectful that uh, you know you would have your eyes open during prayer time. Mm. Well, my daughter was one of them, but <laughs> she knew enough. She knew enough uh, about the difference between you know a, a legalistic mindset like that, where you, you know you. <laughs> you have to you think it has to be done a certain way mm-hmm. and it's so easy to get caught up with that fortunately for somebody who didn't have some knowledge of the gospel like she does something like that could have could really affected her probably in a negative way
0: mm-hmm. it can really dishearten a person and it can turn a person you know away from the, the very you know the very one that they're praying to <laughs> if you think about it you know they're praying to Jesus but yet, this the legalism there is keeping them from knowing Jesus. Well, uh, we got to wrap things up here. I'm Joel, along with Mike, and you can check out more about us if you want at graceroots.org. Thanks a lot for being with us. We'll be back again with you next time. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kepler and Joel Beruzicki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.